This is the Doctor Who Podcast. You are most welcome. Hello, and I'd like to thank the Doctor Who Podcast, but knowing them, I'm most welcome, for allowing me to plug my latest venture. I'm Toby Haydock. That's right, that bloke who deliberately ruins Doctor Who DVD commentaries, purposefully trampling upon such insights as who was he, Jim someone, and what's happening now, and we back on Earth again, and shh, don't talk, we'll ruin the plot for the viewers, by asking pertinent questions and providing context. I know, how do I sleep at night? Still, to celebrate the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who, that's uh, this year, you know, oh yeah, didn't get that moderating gig for nothing, I have decided to embark upon a foolhardy venture. I want to get a first-hand anecdote about each and every Doctor Who story from someone who was there at the time. Now, it'd be easy to get key players, and I will, but I especially want to hear from those who've never spoken their anecdotes till now. And this is where you come in. Maybe you know the T-boy from the mutants, or perhaps you live next door to a Chumbly, or maybe you're stalking a Kang. If so... But put your geographical knowledge to good use and tell me. You can contact me on Facebook, where I am, Toby Haydock. That's uh, H-A-D-O-K-E. <laughs> no, I've no idea why either. Or on Twitter, where I am, at Toby Haydock, where maverick that I am not, I spell it exactly the same. The podcasts called Toby Haydock's Who's Round are already up and running on the Big Finish website, where they are free. The interviewees, therefore, can expect no payment, sadly, but I will buy them a drink, uh, unless they are outside of London or Manchester, which are the cities in which I can meet them in person, in which case it'll have to be done on Skype, where I can just flash them a cup of tea. Uh, I am not getting paid either, uh, but my victims can nominate a charity, which we will suggest happy listeners can donate to if they've enjoyed their gratis audio gift. Uh, So I hope you can help, and if not... Well, just have a listen. I hope you like the results. And if you do, <laughs> you are most welcome. Mr. Thomas K, sometimes referred to as the thinking fan's totty, acknowledged brains and the sum total of intelligence present on the Doctor Who podcast. Yeah, that's me. Yes, hello. You are accused of extreme silliness, borderline trolling, inciting civil disturbances, breaking the DWP's inbox by citing Genesis of the Daleks as the worst story in the first 20 years of the show's history. (gasps) Shame. Oh, shame. 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 Shame on you. Shame. Silence. Silence. Yes, exactly right. It's the worst story ever. Exterminate it. Oh. Furthermore, when pressed by your pleasant but frankly rather challenged co-hosts, it is alleged that you said, and I quote, put it in a box and bury it. Silence. Silence. Or I should be forced to adjourn early for tea. In view of the seriousness of the accusation made against you, Mr. K, 
I urge you to consider the answer to the next question very carefully. How do you plead? Guilty or not guilty? What, of, of telling the truth and being honest? Guilty. But, assuming for a second that I recognise the authority of the court, just one iota, which I don't, then at the very least you should let me present my case. Well, usually I quite enjoy condemning someone or something without considering anything as squalid as evidence. But in this very rare case, nay, unique case, I will permit it. We will examine the evidence presented and members of the jury, that is, the esteemed listeners of the popular online show, the Doctor Who podcast, will decide your fate. All right, well, thank you. <laughs> you, Mr. K are most welcome. <laughs> well, Miss, Mr. Tom, you, you stand accused of the most heinous crime of uh, not liking at all one of the most revered Doctor episodes of all time. As the person who had to bear the brunt of this initial criticism, I, I would really like to hear your defence as to why you think Genesis of the Daleks should be put in a box and buried. Uh, well, first of all, hello. Hello, Nessanato Trevor. Hello. Well, again, I, I, I had this at the forum with, um, I forget I forget the name. Um, it, it, this is about opinion. I don't like it. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that, it, it doesn't mean that it, 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 it's absolutely dreadful. It's I don't like it. That's, that's all we say. That's all I'm saying here. Yeah, well, um, let's, I, let, I, let's put this in a little bit of context before we get into flagellating <laughs> Tom too much. And I think, Tom, you might actually have uh, an unsuspected ally here um, <laughs> in a form of me. Uh, but before we do, let's, let's oh, hear God. what... Um, <laughs> just what Tom needs. Let's hear what Tom said back when we recorded our least favourite Doctor Who episodes of each era last summer. Dare I ask you, Tom, what your least favourite story from the first five Doctors is? Yeah, you can, actually. And, um, okay, I'm not trying to be controversial, but Genesis of the Daleks, put it in a box and bury it. Well, that, that voice from the past, that, that haunting voice from the past, <laughs> still gives me nightmares that a Doctor Who fan could think that Genesis of the Daleks is the worst story of the first 20 years. Opinion aside, Tom, you, you must have a reason for why you actually believe this to be the case. I do. Um, and partly it's things like this. Received wisdom is the most dangerous kind of wisdom because if we stop questioning things, then we, then we really stop thinking. And I, I, it, much like certain types of jazz music, I've been told that, yes, you must like this. And when I, when I first bought the DVD, it said, voted number one Doctor Who story ever. And I thought, no, there, there are Doctor Who stories that I much prefer to this. I, much, I prefer an, uh, an unearthly child to this. I, pref, I prefer uh, Castro Valva and Earthshock to this. Um, there there so many wonderful stories in Doctor Who and this is not the best of them it's absolutely mm. not the best of them um, mm. it, 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 it's that I mean, as, as I say this is opinion I don't like soft boiled eggs doesn't mean soft boiled eggs are evil I don't like Genesis of the Daleks doesn't mean it's evil but to be honest with you the sort of um, uh, the way that it's revered and held up as being the best sto story Doctor Who ever told it's not the best story Doctor Who ever told far from it in fact it's over long uh, we'll, we'll get into why I think that's the case but here's the thing I love Doctor Who I think it's 
it's amazing. It's the best vehicle for storytelling in the world. Tom Baker is one of my is my favourite Doctor. Possibly Patrick, it's him and Patrick Troughton for me. Um, Sarah Jane Smith is my favourite companion. Is my favourite companion, and that's and that 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 period in the show's history glows and shines, and it's wonderful. But that is not the best story in the world. Genesis of the Daleks is not the best story in in, in the world. It's full of holes. It's the Daleks are shonky in it. In fact, they were never they were never they were never any good after this anyway. So no, it, it it's it. I, I like I like Doctor Who. I don't like Genesis of the Daleks. That doesn't now mean you that see, no one else. Oh, was like, Tom. Now you see, I I I'm on, I'm on board with with what you say. Not uh, not that you know that it's that it's terrible. I, uh, I, I'm the subjectivity of these things, and you know, one man's uh, time in the Rani is a is another man's earth shock. Um, <laughs> story. Uh, what, what struck me when I when I heard you say that on the initial broadcast, the clip we heard just now. Was that uh, my understanding of, of? And this was prior to me joining the show, so I was I was a humble listener. There's nothing humble about you listeners out there, by the way. Um, uh, but I, I was struck. <laughs> my, my your personality uh, on, on the podcast, uh, as I understood it, um, uh, and and liked, was that you always seemed to find the best, even in even in the worst. Uh, <laughs> and many a time, I would hear you on the podcast uh, talking about episodes which are you know, universally derided, uh, mm. and you would. You would talk about them. I, I remember the Space Museum in particular, oh, uh, in, in such a way that you would uh, you would make me think. Oh, actually, I'm I'm going to buy that and, and I'm going <laughs> to reassess it, or or I'm going to rewatch it and I'll watch it in a different light. Uh, and your skill always seemed to be, uh, you know, finding the pluses. So to it just seemed out of character to to hear you be so so negative about something. Uh, I, I just wonder why is it the sticker on the front that says um, best story ever because well, that before, I do have... before we get into or before you answer that Tom that we, we, we need to clarify that it, it it didn't say that it had been voted the best story ever the the actual um poll that it had come top of was um once a year DWM asked the question what story would you like to see released on DVD the most and to entertain said one year and one year only whichever comes top in that poll we will release on DVD and Genesis of the Daleks was the one that most people voted because they wanted to have it on DVD Ah, it wasn't a case of recognizing it hey best Doctor Who story ever well the sticker Um, does say that yeah, the, the sticker. I'm looking at it now. The, the sticker little, says little red sticker. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Doctor Who number one story ever. Mm. Well, okay. The reason it was released on DVD when it was was because it topped that element of the DWM annual poll. That's great. That's fine. I, I, I accept it, that. Yeah. But it topped so many polls. I mean, in 2004, it topped the poll for the greatest Doctor Who story ever. Okay. I mean, there are so many polls out there. You you can wave a metaphorical stick around the internet and. Genesis of the Daleks will appear somewhere in the top five or ten greatest Doctor Who stories ever. So lies, I, I mean, lies, really, uh, lies Tom, and statistics. Tom, I'm, <laughs> Tom, I'm going to have to nail you to the wall here. Mate. I really want to know why, apart from it being too long, mm-hmm. why Genesis of the Daleks is the worst story of the first 20 years. Okay, um, let, let's start with the good things, actually, because there are some, there are a couple of good things about it. Um, this is the story where Tom Baker becomes the Doctor. He absolutely... It, it, the hair's wrong, admittedly, um, but this is the part where, despite the fact it feels like a, 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 John, a John Pertwee script, although Terry Nation just wrote the same story over and over again... Um, Tom Baker does does come into his own here. He he becomes the Doctor, um, which is great. He has some wonderful lines. Um, he's got some. He's, he's got some very. He, he does. He comes across with great presence. Um, also, we see the introduction of. Uh, Davros, and that's and that's really what that's one of my problems with it. But that first performance with Michael Wisher um, is very, very, is very, very good. You know, there's there's this great Shakespearean interplay between 
the Doctor and Davros. And had that been the one place that he had appeared, then that would be that would be enough. And we look maybe look forward to him coming back once every so often. Um, but his appearance turns the Daleks into just a bunch of thick idiots. Um, the, even when I first saw it, I, 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 it was built up so much for me. Um, this is the greatest story ever. This is the greatest story. And I sat there and I watched it, and it was dark. It was dull, it was over long the pot, um, I, I, don't, I still don't see why it is that you've got these two bunkers a mile apart, there's a, there's, there's a secret passage joining them and, not, and, and the greatest engineers in the world can't find that they've been at war for a thousand years and they still haven't worked out, I, I, no it's awful dreadful dreadful i don't even want to think about. <laughs> I'm, I'm interested to pick up on something leeson mentioned uh, and i think he's, he's absolutely spot on and i agree with him wholeheartedly in as much as that you do have a way tom certainly of talking about stories that aren't regarded as as highly as others in a way that makes me want to go and revisit them now i've, I've popped them back in a dvd player after i've had a heated debate with you <laughs> And then I realised I was right all along. It was a really bad story. <laughs> That's only happened in a couple of occasions, to be honest with you. But I, I think certainly Genesis of the Daleks, whilst I don't think it's uh, fantastic, and I don't disagree with a lot of what you've just said, Tom, I think it is overly long. We're looking at that story now through 21st century uh, fans' no, eyes. Now, if you watch all six episodes of this together, it is dull and it is long because the pace is so slow but if you ration it if you ration it to once a week in other words how the audience received this um you know back in the day then it's a very very different viewing experience and for me i remember when i watched this i think i watched it on a repeat because i think this is one of the few tom baker stories that got a, a full repeat but it wasn't just all in one go on uk gold it was on BBC Two or something, and it was once a week again. I could not wait. I could not wait until I saw the next episode. And for me, it had all of the elements of suspense that you needed. When I watched it again recently, and it was slightly before, Tom, you you, you made this um, uh, claim, <laughs> um, I, I remember thinking, this is nowhere near as good as I remembered it. And I think a couple of the cliffhangers just simply simply don't make sense either. Well, now, that's, not, that's not unique to many Tom Baker stories. Indeed, Doctor Who stories, but for me, Genesis, it comes with it with a heck of a lot of baggage, um, and that's a real problem of being a fan. If you can just come to this story completely fresh, um, which is something none of us are able to do anymore, then I think the uh, the reaction would be very, very interesting. So I, I'd very much like to hear from oh. fans listening to this, you know, have you seen Genesis of the Daleks for the first time recently? And what were your first impressions of it? But, uh, but Tom, yeah, I, I, I interrupted um, Trev's flow of abuse. I, I do apologise. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> but this is what I mean. It's, it's, it's things like this. It's the being told it's brilliant and then sitting there in front of it going, but it's not. It don't go, it, it's, a, it's a right. It, it, you know, the first, my first feeling about it was that it was a Pertwee script that just happened to have Tom Baker in it. But then again, that could, be, that could just be down to Tom Baker. If we, re- if we, if we, if we apply some retrospective continuity, then those opening scenes, um, which are, are direct, are direct quite, and the closing scene actually, direct quotations from The Seventh Seal, um, which is a brilliant movie. If you've not seen that, watch it. Ah, oh, it's just got Max von Sydow was never so beautiful, um, and you'll recognise the Time Lord from the, from the moment you see you see death on the screen as well, and the opening scenes. But it, I don't know. There's there's not enough Tardis in it for a start. But also being told some continually <laughs> there isn't being told continually that something is brilliant. It's great. It's fantastic. I sat there. It's like. It's, but it's not. Uh-huh. It's not. It's not as good as Unearthly Child. It's not even as good as The Mask of the Mandragora. It's. Uh, no. Is it? Is it I as good as Web Planet? I, I, <laughs> well, I do not believe what I'm hearing. I really don't. 
when people talk about, oh, it's not as good as an unearthly child, no, it's not. the only episode they're talking about is episode one. Mm. They forget about episodes two to four, which are deathly dull, and talk about the creation of fire. I, I really don't get this. The, the, the word I've been waiting for someone to mention is runaround. Now, I'll readily admit from the start that Genesis of the Daleks has its fair share of people running from base to base, from scene to scene, and it's, it's there to fill up time. Uh, I'm really surprised someone hasn't mentioned that yet. Because uh, people keep saying, oh, Genesis of the Daleks, too long. Six episodes, too long. What makes this story for me is it's filled with such incredible characters. There have never been such amazing performances in this story. Uh, the Muto that Sarah Seven. befriends when they're uh, building the uh, rocket to fire. Uh, it, incredible performance there. The scientists... In Davros's base, which Garmin. is Garmin, who was originally wary of the Doctor, but then works with him, an incredible performance there, and uh, some some uh, some amazing degrees of subtlety goes from being a devout follower of Davros and his creations to being totally against them, all within the space of a few episodes. It's a believable, fantastic character development, which is so fleshed out in these six episodes. Unlike, uh, unlike Davros, who apparently has discovered there's, there's no life in the seven galaxies, but then by the end of episode no, but halfway through it, it's quite happy to believe that there, are, there is life in other galaxies, and in fact there's time travel. Let's let's not look at that. Genesis of the Dark... No, let's not look at that. Genesis of the Dark... I mean, I, I cannot believe anyone who thinks that Genesis of the Daleks is the worst story of the first 20 years has actually seen Michael Wish's performance as Davros. But I just praise The that. definitive Davros. Yes, Tom, I agree with you. They overuse Davros beyond that, mm -hmm. that, you know, he's used in every story which feature the Daleks in the classic series beyond there, obviously, or many times for no reason. <laughs> but that shouldn't invalidate the powerhouse performance that Davros delivers. I, I, I totally it. disagree with you that the Daleks are uh, not as good as they used to be. In Genesis <laughs> of the Daleks, the Daleks are finally Daleks. They spend the entire story, even when they don't have weapons on them, being menacing and just lurking in the shadows, waiting to pounce and and become the dominant species on that planet. They are, because of the previous time we've seen them in Doctor Who, all throughout the Pertwee era, the Troughton era, the William Hartnell era, we know what they can do. We're waiting. We're biting our nails in Genesis of the Daleks, waiting for them to turn the tables on the entire bunker. And when it happens, it is beautiful. I, I gotta say I, I do tend to agree that I think the Daleks are well used here, but it's it it's mainly because of of the comparisons that many people who have seen this have made uh, since to Nazi Germany, and I and I think that's you that's know clear. really emphasised on uh, hugely uh, through the character of um, neither uh, Peter Miles, just in case you didn't get it, and I think that for me is what makes the Daleks particularly effective in Genesis. Um, you know they start off as something completely different. I mean, deep down, we, we know that Davros has invented the Daleks for a force for evil because we've seen them, we've seen them in previous Doctor Who stories. But the fact that they, you know, they're, they're almost relatively benign and uh, you know they're the service robots almost. And we, we've seen that before. We saw that in Power of the Daleks, and we've seen it fairly recently at the beginning of Victory of the Daleks in the Ironsides. And there's something creepy about a Dalek who isn't trying to kill you. And I think that 
is something that Genesis nails really, really well. I have but this to say. is the thing. But this is the thing. I've also watched Victory of the Daleks this week, um, and and I, li- I listened to the audio re- re- recreation of, of of the power of the Daleks, and them and the Daleks are they're not my favourite monster anyway, um, but. They're far more effective, as you say, when when they're not when, when they're trying to convince you that they're not trying to kill you. And so, in victory and power, they're far better. Similarly, when I first, when I got this the first time round, um, I'd seen De- uh, Destiny of the Daleks, and to be honest with you, I'd been more en- engaged with that than I was by this Brechtian dark, over pompous uh-huh. show. I mean, don't get me wrong, I, Trev, I, I praise Michael Wish's performance because it was really, really good. There's, there are some deathless lines in it, but the part, part, as I say, a large part of what I don't like about Genesis of the Daleks is this. Um, I know, I know that I do not like it. I know that I find it tedious. I know that I find it contradictory, and I also know that it's Doctor Who. It's just a, it's it's a fantasy show, um, and if you pull too hard at any given thread, the whole framework will collapse. But this is the show that was given to me as being as saying, no, this is the thing that validates it all. This is amazing. This is incredible. Look at how Brechtian it is. Look at how dark it is. Look at how threatening it is. Look at how look, look at how atmospheric it is. It's dull. It's dull. It's dull. So you don't like, so Tom, you don't like the Philip Hinchcliffe era because no, no, for me no, no, this no, story no, no, no problem with the Philip... begins the Philip Hinchcliffe era. It's dark. It's shadowy. It has some really quite violent things in it. In fact, I think even Mary Whitehouse uh, complained about the scene in episode one with the uh, <laughs> oh, uh, Mary. soldiers being shot down in slow motion. Yeah, oh, oh, uh, Mary. <laughs> it, it, it is the beginning of the uh, Philip Hinchcliffe era, which then opens the torrent for the, you know, the dark Doctor Who that we, that, that, that we know for this time. I, I understand um, that it is. It's held up and it's, it's revered as being, uh, and I, I, I would agree, it's not, it's not the best example of Doctor Who, but uh, it's, not, it's not the worst example of Doctor Who. All the things you've used as examples of, of why it doesn't work can be applied to, I would say, 80% uh, of, uh, of classic Doctor Who. As you say, you pull, pull the threads uh, too much. I just, I just wonder whether there's something else that, that has happened to make you uh, more keen to pull these threads than than any of the other threads conversations like this this what this this boggle-eyed insistence that it's brilliant where it's like no it's not I see that's different that's different because that's you reacting to uh fan reaction uh, well as, as, I, as i was very as i was very clear to emphasize at the, at the beginning of this it's my <laughs> opinion it doesn't make it doesn't mean that it is necessarily absolutely pants in the rest but of the world is, but is your opinion that fan opinion is wrong on this, or is it your opinion that this is not a very good Doctor Who story? My opinion is it's not a very good Doctor Who story. There are better, st- there are far better stories that, that have been told. Okay. There are far better st- in stories that case, in the then, season. What, what is it that's unique about Genesis that you 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 can't say? As, as Leeson quite rightly says, there's, there's 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 loads of things you can throw at Doctor Who of, of, of that particular era. But what is it about Genesis itself that offends so much? Is it the um, Cave like monsters? A, is it, well, well, <laughs> see, this is the thing. If I start moaning about the clams, then, <laughs> then, you, know, then you know, then we're on hiding to nothing because you know, Doctor Who was always making the best of a bad job with that. I shit. know. I'm just trying to think of something unique about Genesis because for me, it, it's it is actually quite um, representative of the Philip Hinchcliffe era, and uh, in in the same way, really, that Eric Sayward started the ball rolling in turning Doctor Who a little bit darker, you know, about 10 years later or so. Um, you, you could say the same about Genesis, really, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the very first attempt is the best. And I do think the story is laboured. I don't think there's enough to fill it, you know, the six episodes comfortably. And I think 
had it not been for the performances of the regulars uh, and and let's you know mention harry here as well ian martyr you know even the most bland story um revenge of the cybermen is another one the interplay between him and sarah rescue it you know and, and i think that is something that's brilliant to watch about genesis the dilemma where you've got a close-up with all three regulars with the doctor holding those two cables you know this this is an intrinsic and important question that we hadn't seen examining doctor who before and that moment i I was at the edge of my seat despite the story dragging and not necessarily being anything incredibly inventive i say i say cool and also, I, I, I see. I, I don't agree with the with it feeling like a like a person. I, I know it was um, it was already commissioned. It had been commissioned by uh, Letts and Dix, hadn't it? Um, so I mean, Heathcliff didn't even want it, um, uh, and it, but he'd just been lumbered with it. Uh, and watching the extras, you hear uh, Hinchcliffe talking about how how he wanted to to change it, and you do notice it in the direction. It is very nicely directed um, and beautifully lit. Uh, but it, the way that the Daleks are shot. Uh, I don't think we have seen, I had up until that point, seen seen them being shot like that. There's, there's tracking shots of Daleks moving, uh, and it's very fast cut. Um, rather than and they're shot very low just... too, like, mm. like 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 they're shot from below and up, mm. rather than what we'd seen of the Daleks, which was almost above and below or on the same level yeah. as the ice storm. So you get less of shooting less... it from below and up gave a really really menacing look to them. Mm. It, it was brilliant, and you get less less of those sort of wide shots of just you know uh, Dalek ballet, uh, and yeah, like I say. Uh, Panning tracking shots of them of them coming through doors and, and fastly cut it, it it works very well it, it sets the benchmark for uh, well you know the way um, Graham Harper would shoot them later on. This is this is the mm. great thing. Don't get me wrong. I, I I'm glad that you take something wonderful out of it. I'm glad that you, I'm glad that you all enjoy it, that you all enjoy it. I, I, I'm not going to say I'm not going to tell anyone don't watch it. I'm just all I'm saying is in my opinion there are far better stories that have been told and. Exercises like this, where I'm told I have to like it, just convince me even for, even further. No, you um, see, that's that's what I think really annoys you. Yeah, I've got to be honest. I, yeah. I think it's because fan opinion is so unanimous in this, and uh, because you don't necessarily understand why or or agree, should I say? No, um, I understand. With, I don't with, agree. With, correct. Uh, no, again, I'm, I, I, I did mean agree with it. Uh, then I think you rile against that a little bit. And I do too. Don't get me wrong. I think we all do. Because, I mean, all of you know I really enjoy Delta and the Bannerman and I can watch that time and time someone again. Else, someone else was talking to me about that a couple, about a, a week ago. Ah, well, it's it's a fantastic story. I really, really enjoy it. But for all, you know, it, it it's not me responding to general consensus that it's a load of old cobblers frankly it's a case because i just stick it in the dvd and i really really like it fan opinion doesn't really have a great deal of um influence i think on whether or not i like or will criticize a story more or less do you know what i mean Yes, but you're not then going to say Delta and the Bannerman is the best story of the last 20 no, years of Doctor not Who. not at all. Which, which is what we're seeing here with Tom, because he's saying, well, he's riling against fan opinion, which, I mean, I, I understand that. Um, I, I have a sort of a similar reaction when it comes to new series stuff, that, you know, people will say, end of time, part one and two, what, what a brilliant ending to the Tenant Doctor. For me, I, I think it's, as James, I'll, I'll, I'll steal a phrase of yours, a load of old cobblers. Uh, <laughs> Uh, 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 I, I think what we're seeing here, and and I think you've nailed it, James, is a gut reaction to the you know the the tsunami of fan opinion. I mean, no, but I'm I'm really trying to pin down why that is the case because at its heart, if you ignore any possible plot holes or things that don't make sense, what Genesis of the Daleks has is not one, not two, not three, but multiple performances that are absolutely 
mesmerizing that carry the story beyond any, you know, Swiss cheese type holes that may be in it. It's funny because I came into this episode uh, genuinely thinking that, Tommy, you'd said this as, a, as just a contentious point uh, <laughs> to, sort, to, sort, to sort of rile, rile people up. I genuinely thought that. Uh, yeah, I thought you might keep it up. But now I've realised that, you know, this is just subjective and, and it genuinely yes. is your opinion. And I don't agree with it. But now Quite. I feel a bit like a villager at your door with, um, with a burning torch. <laughs> <laughs> first DVD I bought ever was The Pyramids of Mars. Um, the first video I watched ever was The Pyramids of Mars. And I wonder if this isn't part of the effect of Genesis of the Daleks as well. When we, when we consider what this what that show is, it's the, it's the first show which is properly available. I think it was the first uh, record that was um, available. It was the first... Uh, I know it's, or they were all target books, but I think Genesis of the Daleks is one of the, is one of the contemp- uh, first contemporary stories that could be uh, re-experienced away from the TV or at... Uh, or at um, uh, the customer's leisure or the consumer's leisure if you like and that has a very it was the only one you could experience away from the tv show right okay and i think the only one and I th- it, it, it was years later we got stuff like state of decay but for many years yeah, just genesis. genesis of the dalek was the only audio doctor who right and here's the thing and, and, and I, I i think apart from the fact that the story you know the story's all right um the performances, yes, you're right, Trev. The performances are great. Like, like Tom Baker becomes the Doctor in this, um, and Davros, had he just stayed there, um, is brilliant too. Um, and being able to recreate that at will and to and to repaint the pictures in your head for a lot of people who were of age and probably our age now, um, maybe maybe some older, maybe a few younger. Although that'd be quite hard, I guess. Um, this, this this absolutely lifts it from being an episode, a serial in Doctor Who and makes it. One of the most, uh, one of the, almost, uh, almost mythologically powerful, because it's the story that keeps coming back. It's the one which is fixed. It's the one that people can go and eat whenever they want to, unlike anything else. So I think that I think that has a uh, a huge effect on the way it is perceived. To be honest, um, yeah, I mean, I get that, Tom. I mean, I, I I understand why you feel that way. I mean, for me, this episode wouldn't exist. We wouldn't be talking about this now if you hadn't said it was rubbish. It's the worst episode <laughs> of all time, or, or or the first twenty years. I would understand if you said it's not my favourite story. You know, there are ones that are better. You know, the, there's a few plot holes. I don't understand that because I feel the same way about many stories myself. But to get on an episode and say the worst episode of the first twenty years <laughs> when there are so many other contenders for the title, uh, that just just. Is, is the whole reason why we're here today. All right, well, look, I'm trying to think of something that... Um, uh, think. If it was missing from the archives, would it? Would, would I think more highly of it? Yes, because I wouldn't have seen it. Um, and I wouldn't, uh, and it wouldn't have been beaten into my head that it's the best thing of all, the best thing ever. So I'd probably, I'd probably appreciate it more. Um, let's think. Delta, is it worse than Delta and the Bannermen? Yeah. Um, is it worse than Paradise Towers? <laughs> what? Yeah. Um, are you kidding? Are you saying? Are, are you saying on live, like recording here right now, oh God, you what? would rather watch Delta and the Bannerman than Genesis of the Daleks? On balance, yes. Uh, <laughs> oh my God! I don't know you. You're asking me for yeah, I have the same, same syndrome, but in, in reverse, I think. Uh, uh, whereas I, I take the, the the lesser love stories under my wing, and I think I um, 
I'm influenced by the fact that I know that they're, you know, the runts to the litter, the ones that people don't like. I, I, I love, um, well, I love 60s era. <laughs> Uh, yeah, not man. all of it, exclusively, but I like Attack of the Cybermen. Because um, uh, it, it's almost like, when I used to like Doctor Who at school, it, it wasn't a popular thing to like. Uh, there, I didn't know anyone else that I could talk to about it. Um, it was something I kept to myself, but, uh, and if anyone found out, I, I would be ridiculed in the, in the playground. But it was my thing, it was my thing that I, that, that I loved. And now that it's popular again, uh, and uh, you know everybody loves it, every man's wife loves Doctor Who, um, I... In order to satisfy that part of my personality, where I like to to sort of um, take the underdog in, uh, I, I I think I'm drawn towards the the lesser loved episodes of, of the show itself. So uh, it's it's the same it's the same syndrome in reverse, I think. But Leeson, just 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 humour me for a second, please. Just just delve into my fantasy. Just just wind back to that era where no one liked Doctor Who, that you were the only one in the whole street. If you found someone living, you know, one block away from you that loved Doctor Who, and he said. Why don't I pop over one day and we'll watch an episode together? What would you pop in, well, presumably then, would be the VHS player? Genesis of the Daleks or Delta in the Bay? <laughs> uh, well, it, 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 in my opinion, it would be uh, Genesis of the Daleks. But, uh, you know, he might want... Exactly. Why would you show someone Delta when you have the story of Genesis of the Daleks there to but, watch? But this that's, is... that's, that's what gets me. I mean... The whole position that Tom's saying it's the worst story of the first 20 years is indefensible. But Tom's changed his tack slightly here today by saying, well, it's not too bad, it's not the best, there are stories that are better. So the whole reason we're here today was, I think, decided before we even pressed the record button. But <laughs> what we're now morphing into <laughs> well, is trying think... to defend Tom's position by saying, well, it's not the best, but it's not the worst. Tom's changed his tack. I didn't say it's, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't say it's not. The, I didn't say it's not the worst. I. 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 I, 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 I made myself sit through it again this week, and it's still <laughs> crap. I, I, I mean, and, and here's the thing: Genesis of the Daleks does not need me to defend it. Genesis of the Daleks has been uh, has, has been in fandom canon for, for nearly forty for nearly forty years. It does not need. It, it, and the fact that one tiny idiot in a little pot in a little podcast doesn't like it is not going to change anyone's opinion of this show, of, of the story. It is loved. It will continue to be loved, and at some point, it will be held up as a paragon of of, 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 of Tom Baker's time. I'd say, listen, if you want to see great, some great Tom Baker, watch Pyramid. Mars, he's, he's unstoppable in that. Um, but but why wouldn't you want to convince people, our wonderful listeners, our because ten so thousand listeners? Why wouldn't you want to tell them stay away from this story? It's the worst example of Doctor Who in the first twenty years. Why wouldn't you want to tell them that? Well, well I did tell them that. Why don't you want to then say that now? Okay, um, guys, there are far. If you want, if you want to um, see some peerless examples, some examples of Doctor Who at its strongest, at its punchiest, at its at its hardest hitting, then there are better stories than Genesis of the Daleks. If you want, uh, you know, if you want to go and watch it, then go ahead. I mean, lots of people love it. I it, it's not my favourite. I don't, I, I, I I warn people off it because it's it's deathly dull. But if you want to go and watch it, that's entirely up to you. But I, if but if you were to ask me, Tom, what is the what's the best story Doctor Who ever told? Tom, what what, what Tom Baker? If you could pick one story out of Tom Baker's era to say this is the best one, which which one would it be? I'd say mm, 
Pyramid of Mars. If you, if, when you ask me, Tom, what's, what's, what do you think? What do you think is the worst bit of the first twenty years? I'd say Dennis is the Daleks. It's boring. It's dull. It's overlong. There's no women in it, and I don't mean that because I like to, because, because it's some sort of purient, purient male gaze thing. It's actually quite pernicious. Where are the women in this? Are you telling me Sarah Jane was in it? Okay, so, okay, Sarah Jane and Betty, great too. But she had a really, really nice coat. I, I, I think what we're doing here, we, we, we're, t- we're talking about two different things, really. I mean, I think Tom, when you made the original statement, you weren't deadly, deadly serious. It was a case of saying, <laughs> what, what, "Were you really?" He was. I, I don't think so. I he think he was. Uh, well, I, this is the way he I took it, right? Was. And this has got. This, we wouldn't be I'm, here I'm allowed today to if he wasn't. Come serious. up with my interpretation of it. I thought that Tom used an exaggerated set of words in order to say, "Look, Genesis isn't as good as everybody else seems to think it is," and and that point of view. I agree. But we all exaggerate sometimes to make points sound a little bit clearer or easier or sometimes more funny. And as, as far as I'm concerned, Genesis of the Daleks, is it, it's a good story. It's certainly not the worst story in the last 20 years. I don't think it's as good as everybody else thinks either. And that's what I really took from um, from our original conversation. But I mean, if we, we, we can't really argue the point well, is it the worst or is it the best? Because it is subjective. It really is subjective. It's uh, slightly ironic that um, we've boiled this down to um, uh, to is Tom's subjective opinion, which uh, is absolutely absolutely fair. But we and it's also down to our subjective opinion of what we thought he meant when he said it. Um, <laughs> it's nice and circular, I think. <laughs> Well, perhaps not so contentiously, Ian and Michelle have been taking a look at the genesis of the Daleks too, but not in terms of the episode title. They've been sitting down to discuss the Dalek histories, the varied and multiple Dalek histories that exist out there, and this is what they thought of them. Captain, you're not dealing with human beings here. What am I dealing with? Little green men? No, little green blobs in bonded polycarbide armour. Well, Ian, I understand today that you have a hankering to talk about Dalek history. And uh, so I guess this will be a little bit of a geek out about, about that topic. But what is it that you wanted us to know about Dalek history? Well, what I thought would be interesting to talk about today is the concept of there being multiple timelines for the Daleks. And I'll say up front that my ideas on this come straight out of the the fabulous discontinuity guide, which lays out an idea that in the classic era there were two completely different timelines for the Daleks. Uh, The first being where you look at the Daleks from the original story and all of the original series stories right up to Death to the Daleks, where there is a consistent story of a Dalek empire going around the universe, doing all those Dalek-y things, and being very successful at it, and a a feared force in the universe. And then in the next story, Genesis of the Daleks, you have Enter Davros, and of course the Doctor goes back in time on the mission from the Time Lords to try and change the Daleks' future, in fact to destroy the Daleks' future, which he doesn't Mm -hmm. succeed in, but he does change it, that that thousand-year setback that he talks about. And the concept that's put forward in the discontinuity guide is that this created an alternate timeline with a different history for the Daleks. And in this one, they um, have Davros, because from then on in, you always see Davros in every single story. And also, in in pretty much every story, they're fighting each other, uh, and there's division within the Dalek ranks, and that they're never quite the cohesive... You you never see the big empire-building force... Uh, that you saw in a lot of the earlier stories. Um, and I, I think it's a very interesting idea that actually the, the Doctor was successful in some degree and it created a new history of the Daleks from that point. 
Um, but this, of course, is just a fan theory, and I, I think you've got some alternative ones that uh, that you've been reading up on as well. Yeah, I do, and I understand from the discontinuity guide that that the idea is what the doctor changed is that Davros survives, that that he has a chance to put up a force shield or whatever, and and, and therefore survives to be this influence on the Daleks for the for the rest of the the show. Um, whereas if the doctor hadn't been there, Davros would have been killed by the Daleks, and so you get you get the time stream where the Daleks are doing their thing without his influence. But I will see your discontinuity guide, and I will raise it the About Time books, because in the About Time books, uh, there are other options also described for Dalek history. Uh, and one of the things about the dual timeline that, that you've described is that when, when the doctor changes history, it erases, in a sense, all those stories that that came before, and I'm not certain I like the idea that that time stream kind of disappeared from Dalek history. I don't want to lose all of that. So what appeals to me about the About Time timeline is that uh, it's continuous and that that you don't lose anything. The theory there goes that... um, the Daleks on Skaro, when, when, when Davros created, and one of the strange things, of course, is that the, the, the Daleks you see in Genesis of the Daleks are, are fairly advanced. They have the, their vertical slats, and they, don't, they aren't restricted to the city. They can go out into the, to the wildlands, um, which kind of conflicts with what you see in, at the beginning in the, in the first and second Doctor stories with Daleks that rely on static electricity and have to have the little things on their backs, to the little dishes to be able to move on the earth. But the idea here is that early on, Davros would have created some basic Daleks, which are the kind you see that are limited to the city, but also some more advanced um, models that would have been the, the warriors, really, the ones that could go out and could fight. And that what you see then is that the city Daleks stayed on Skaro, whereas the, the warrior Daleks did the spacefaring thing and went out to do uh, some of the adventures that we see later on, but that the adventures that involve things like um, uh, the Dalek invasion of Earth, where they're still fairly rudimentary, are set at a time when, when the, the city, the more degenerate basic Daleks, uh, did finally experiment with getting out into space. So, so you can have kind of both strains of Daleks doing their thing without having to erase what happened in one time stream. And there's actually a not dissimilar concept in the discontinuity guide as well, albeit folded within one of those um, uh, alternative timelines. And what I think is interesting to look at now, though, is that there's been these theories kicking around fandom um, from the classic era. But then how does that actually factor forward into the new series? Because here we have there's been a time war. Now, we don't really know what happened in the time war. We're still waiting for that to all be revealed in the 50th anniversary special. But... um, (laughs) Sure, you keep waiting. <laughs> but um, clearly something's cha- happened. Something has changed and the Time Lords and the Daleks have fought each other and they fought each other across time. And, you know, Russell T. Davis has said that Genesis of the Daleks was the first shot in that war. And I think it's 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 fair to assume that the Dalek history had been rewritten a third time by having that time war. And to my mind, all the new series stories up until certainly quite recently form some kind of third timeline of the Daleks where from one Dalek that survived or something like that, they, they've they rebuilt again and, and there's a whole new series of adventures and, and uh, empire building for, for them. Yes, essentially starting fresh from the Time War. In fact, in the About Time books, they mention a, a little reference in The Unquiet Dead where it talks about the Time War and kind of implies that maybe 
time has been rewritten or has been uh, damaged, that the time war affected things that could could have actually changed the way some things happened in the past. I mean, maybe that's one of the reasons that we have a scar when we didn't before. Um, so it, it'll be interesting. We, we've sort of reset the Daleks a couple times in the new series. We started from the single Dalek and Dalek. Uh, we ended up with a whole bunch of them that Rose destroyed. Then we go back to just a handful of Daleks with the cult of Scarrow that get narrowed down to just one Dalek at the end of Evolution of the Dalek, uh, and then again increase from there. So, uh, yeah, very interesting. And then, of course, we have the, the, the new Paradigm Daleks and the various entire universe resets that the the 11th Doctor has done. And one of the interesting things I saw recently is that in Asylum of the Daleks, they, they list out those previous planets where they fought the Doctor. And they're all from the early era of Doctor Who. They're all from what would be the first Dalek history and the discontinuity concept. And so that you, you've got to wonder, have, have perhaps we reset the universe all the way right back to where it was before... Uh, Genesis of the Daleks happened. Have has Matt Smith even managed to reset the time war? Hmm, I don't know if I'm going to go that far, but it'll be interesting. Time will tell, and particularly interesting to see if the uh, the character is played by Jenna Louise Coleman for the companion of the Doctor has any ties back to the Dalek character that she played. I think more than anything else, that's the answer I'm waiting for. I, I would be amazed. There's got to be some kind of link back there. I also I have great expectations that next year we will see a lot of classic who history referenced or uh, uh, or brought into the new series maybe not in a big way i don't think he's going to do something that's going to alienate the new listeners but i think there'll be references in there and the daleks have to appear you can't have the 50th anniversary and not have the daleks show up you know there wouldn't be a doctor who without the daleks so you never know we, we might find a few uh, threads being picked up and tied off uh, sometime next year this is only the beginning we will prepare, we will grow stronger. When the time is right, we will emerge and take our rightful place as the supreme power of the universe! After considering the import branded evidence, I have come to the decision there is no case to be answered. <clears throat> Tom K, you are entitled to your subjective opinion, uh, be it uh, wrong in the eyes of others. Uh, it is our inalienable right as human beings to decide what uh, DVDs we watch in our own home and whether we borrow them uh, or bury them in, in, in the garden, uh, in boxes. Uh, you can do that. Uh, you are free to go. Well, look, thank, thank you very much. Case dismissed. Right now, where's my copy of Dimensions in Time? It's around here somewhere. Okay, well, I think it's been quite a long time in coming, but uh, but Tom, thank you very much indeed for being such a good sport. Um, it, I think it's great sometimes when one individual does indeed have a slightly different opinion from what is accepted fan consensus, and I, I, I think it's fun. Yeah, I do. I think it's fun just talking about the reasons... Uh, what leads you to to that view and um and, and listeners we would genuinely be interested in what you think about genesis of the daleks as we mentioned earlier don't forget to send in your your feedback tom i think it's only right given that you've been uh, you've been in the the corner of the caravan for all of this uh, episode with the three of us ganged around <laughs> ganged around you really um therefore i think it's only fair uh, to give you the last word 
Well, I say, I'll say again, that it, it's all about opinion. Um, if you if you want to watch it, then go right ahead. I think there's better stories out there. But to be honest, can I get back to? Can we now get back to talking about the great stuff about Doctor Who? It's, <laughs> there's loads there's loads of shows that that, that <laughs> stick the boot in. But now, come on, there's so, this is the anniversary. There's so much good stuff to talk about. Here, here. Wonderful. Listeners, tune in again next week for the next episode of the Doctor Who podcast. Bye for now, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Cheerio. That was the Doctor Who podcast, which you can find at thedoctorwhopodcast.com. If you have any feedback, please send it in to feedback at thedoctorwhopodcast.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and via the Doctor Who podcast forums. Thank you for listening. Take care.